Good morning. It is uh, 10.07, and it's uh, about one degree below zero out there, so bundle up. You know, it's, it's interesting, Brian, in Cleveland, north of here, it's nine degrees. It's wow. ten degrees warmer in Cleveland, and they're north of here. Oh, well. Um, so, I'm yeah. sure Tony Lupo has an explanation for that. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I think the, uh, the the blast is coming straight down and uh, kind of curving around. Well, the heating uh, so. is causing the cooling. You see. <laughs> <laughs> yes, there you go. We were talking about uh, vagrants uh, very quickly, and I couldn't figure out where they're getting. You know, their chances are they're getting government checks. Uh, maybe it's welfare check. Maybe it's a Social Security disability check. How are they getting their checks mailed to them? Uh, because if you get a post office box, you generally have to have, it, it used to be, as far as I know, you had to have an actual home address. And you but, have to pay for post office boxes, you said, right? Yeah, they aren't, they weren't free. Uh, so I don't know how I they're... haven't checked in many, many years, but I, so I wasn't Glenn, aware of that. So Glenn called, uh, just as we were running out of hour, I asked him to hang on and he did. Uh, and I think he might have an answer for this. Glenn, welcome. Good morning. Good morning, Gary. I was calling about the volcano. Oh, into the volcano for energy. Oh, oh, I'm sorry. We we got that our wires crossed. Yeah, it sounds like an interesting idea, doesn't it? Uh, I think uh, President Biden should send this nation's energy expert over there, Hunter. No, <laughs> <laughs> it wouldn't surprise me if that's where they came up with the idea. <laughs> <laughs> Same here. And then, right. on, a, on a side note, I have a question for you. All right. When did the Cleveland Browns play their next playoff game? <laughs> that's that's the wrong question to ask. Glenn, today. let me ask let me ask you a question, Glenn. In all seriousness, does this sound like a phone hanging up on you? Oh, gee, Glenn's gone. Oh man. Oh, what a heartbreak. That wasn't very nice. Oh, neither so glad was you can't f- do that to me. So how'd the game come out? Didn't didn't somebody <laughs> tell the Browns they had a game yesterday? Because they didn't show up. Well, you know, in defense of the Cleveland Browns, they had to work with Joe Flacco, and uh, he hasn't had such a great career. <laughs> well, it wasn't too terribly low. It was two or three weeks ago they played and, and just wiped the floor with them. Yeah. And then, you know, last week they didn't do a good job, and I speculated, well, they didn't want to put all their best players out there risking injury. And the loss wasn't going to affect them in, in the playoffs. Well, in the bright side, just wait till next year. <laughs> <laughs> you see, I've learned. Uh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> if you're a Browns fan, that's that's what you say. Wait till next year. I, uh, that was such a disappointment. Um, and then if you wanted to watch uh, Kansas City, you had to be a subscriber yeah. Uh, to the Peacock, it, and you did it, didn't you? I did, yes. Uh, I shared you... a password and log in with a friend. Oh. No, it's perfectly it legal. legal. Yeah. Is it? Yep. You didn't call me and say, here's the password. Oh, well, you didn't ask. Well, I would have thought you It was you... a weird, weird game. I know Kansas City dominated the whole game, but it just felt off and cold and... You know, it just, I don't know. It was hard to right. put my thing. And, and it did not feel like a live game. It was, it felt like I was watching something recorded. And the quality of the picture was, eh, 
not that great. But at least I got to watch it. How about the Dallas Cowboys? Oh, my. Jeez, they they took the same day off the Browns Yeah, did. they did. They got hammered on their home field. Wow. What a what a disappointing uh, football night it was for Cleveland, uh, and I'm sure for Dallas. Now, Pittsburgh, is uh, their game was delayed because they had snow in Buffalo, and, well, Governor Hochul said, snow in Buffalo? Well, we can't have that. <laughs> uh, they canceled the game. Uh, but they're going to play, what, tonight, I think, right? They are. Steelers play tonight, and I hope they win because then Kansas City will have to face the Texans instead of the Bills up in New York. See, I I want them to win because my wife is from Pittsburgh, and the whole rest of the week will depend, <laughs> for me, on whole just... A complete different reason. Yes, yes. Uh, but it'll it'll be it'll be uh, uh, certainly a good game. Um, but for me, it's wait till next year. I I'm used to it. I can handle it. <laughs> wait till next year. Wait till next year. Wait till next year. All right. Um, let's talk uh, automobiles. Tesla may have a little bit of a problem. Tesla may have a problem. They lost more than ninety four billion dollars in market valuation uh, and that's just the first two weeks of this year uh, apparently the e- e- they've they've had to keep cutting their prices uh, to sell their vehicles and they're still not selling uh, at the rate they would like you know part of what happened to Tesla part of what made it profitable for them was in some states like California um, you could get, you, they could sell these, um, I don't know what you want to call them. Um, they're not exactly tokens. You, had, you have to have a certain a number of miles per gallon uh, for your corporate fleet. And if you didn't have that, you'd go to Tesla and you would buy some of their tokens. I, I, I can't remember what they're called. Uh, and, and you'd say, uh, okay. Now we meet the requirement because they were making zero cars with uh, internal combustion engines and they were making money off of that. Uh, it, it, and they were uh, they were profitable, but now they're they're not getting the government incentives. Battery powered uh, powered car sales are falling through the floor and they're losing billions of dollars. Uh, all of this comes in the face of slowing growth in demand for EVs, especially in the United States. Uh, investors' main concern on Tesla's stag is stagnating growth. So they've they've got a, a little bit of a problem in that nobody wants them. I wonder um, what do we get down to last night? It's one. It's minus one right now. What, what was the low? Seven it was below. Like uh, yeah, either minus six or seven. It was I got a friend cold. of mine. That- yeah, I got a friend of mine uh, that has a, a Tesla, and I'm curious to see uh, just how well the battery held up. Here's a little secret I didn't know until last week. If you've got a battery-powered car, like a Tesla, if you charge it fully and then go to bed, when you wake up in the morning, it will have been drained. Not, you know, completely, but there will be a loss of power. Because apparently it uses its own battery to keep the battery warm. 
Can't you just leave it plugged in? It's uh, it's parasitic. Well, you'd have to uh, if you wanted to offset that right that parasitic uh, use. But if you don't, you know, you charge it up at the local power station or whatever, uh, and then you drive home and you park your car. When you get up in the morning, you'll have substantially less power in the battery because it's using the battery to keep the battery warm. Oh, I bet that's working <laughs> real well at seven below zero. And how about, you know, up in uh, in uh, North Dakota? Man, what a pain. That that's that's just not efficient. All right. More car news because uh, GM Ford and Chrysler signed this deal with uh with the unions that they they didn't want to sign. They were sort of forced into it. Uh, because of an unconstitutional Department of Labor giving the laborers the upper hand. But they signed it, and uh, GM estimates it's at least $500 per vehicle, the cost of this labor contract. But they have a way around the problem. And it's not unlike the way they're working out circumventing minimum wage laws uh, in states where they have outrageous minimum wage laws. I'll tell you what they're doing next on the Gary Nolan Show, the Zimmer Radio Network. All right, a little cleanup on aisle seven. Uh, this is uh, from uh, topics we've covered this morning, dealing with how vagrants can get money uh, when they don't even have a post office box. Uh, and Beverly uh, points out that Social Security checks, you know, they're direct deposit now. And, you know, banks will give you a free checking account if you do direct deposit. So uh, that's probably how that works. I I'd forgotten all about that. Uh, on the football, on the football front, uh, Brian sent me a message. He said uh, Dak Prescott uh, threw his helmet, and it was <laughs> intercepted. <laughs> did you see those two interceptions almost back to back? I did. Yes. I was. Oh just, my. Oh my God. God. How does that happen? Uh, good morning, Gary. I know a lady that lives off uh, Social Security uh, SSI. Uh, they issue a debit card. Their monthly allowance is automatically loaded in oh, or okay. around the first of each month. Uh, same for uh, SNAP, food stamps, debit card uh, loaded monthly. Dave. They make okay. it easy, don't they? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you don't even have to. Uh, All you know. have to do is exist. What the hell are we doing? Uh, you and I are, you know, working at oh, dark 30 in the morning and watching the news all day and we all night. We get punished by paying for things that we already own. Yeah, and, <laughs> and, and they're getting money out of thin air. They yes. just, they're just existing. Somehow that doesn't seem I fair. I don't know how this world became upside down, but I wish they'd rewrite it. Yeah, quickly. All right, so... Uh, General Motors, Ford, and Chrysler, and now the other auto manufacturers, have been backed into a corner and had to sign a, a deal with uh, United Auto Workers. And it's a really crappy deal. Uh, they got tons of money and time off and things they, ju- they were just not entitled to. But because of an unconstitutional group called uh, the Department of Labor, uh, there are rules in place that prevent the automobile manufacturers from doing what they should have the right to do, which is fire anybody that doesn't show up for work and replace them with someone who does. So they signed the deal. 
And it's costing, GM estimates, uh, $500 or more per automobile. And automobiles, uh, I don't know if you're aware of this, but cars uh, cars are almost unaffordable. Uh, I got a story about that in uh, in the news today. People are struggling to buy cars. They're so damned expensive. 500 bucks can send it right out of reach. And the United Auto Workers, they're a little concerned about this. Uh, the trend, writes the Wall Street Journal, is uh, making the UAW and its members nervous about the prospect of machines replacing jobs. They had the hubris to complain. Sean Fain had the, cu- the hubris to complain. He said, there are robots in every factory. Uh, he's chatting with uh, communist Bernie Sanders. The companies have used technology as a way to cut jobs instead of interjecting robots and technology to make our jobs easier. So his complaint is, what he's arguing essentially is, the manufacturers should invest hundreds of millions of dollars to come up with robots that people have to work. It just makes the people job easier. Instead of saying, as anybody in their right mind would under the circumstances, we're going to spend hundreds of millions of dollars to get a robot to do something. Let's get it to do it all by itself so we can cut labor. Instead, they want more money for easier work. I don't know if that makes sense to anybody else, but it doesn't to me. There are uh, views on just how extensive the auto uh, industry automation will become in the next decade. And many analysts point out that other strategies, such as streamlining the production process by offering fewer vehicle options, uh, can have larger cost savings. So the consumer still gets hit. You you just pay more for less car. And, and some people think that's a good deal. Uh, frankly, I don't. You, you may quit offering me options, but then you better lower the price. In this case, they'll be not offering you the options and still raising the price. So the the way to go is automation. These UAW workers have put themselves in a position where they will lose jobs. Fewer auto workers, fewer dollars for the unions. I'm good with that. I'm good with that. The uh, if, if you've got to pay more for labor than labor is worth, you're going to find a way around it. This is what they're doing in California with the minimum wage laws. They hike their minimum wage laws so much that uh, fast food workers are losing their jobs. The people at the very first rung of the ladder when it comes to getting a job are being eliminated. Their positions are being eliminated because it makes sense that their jobs disappear, that they make a capital investment, buy some machinery or equipment. So in an attempt to allegedly, because I know they know better, help minimum wage workers and low-skilled workers, what they've ultimately done is eliminated many of their jobs. And that's the same thing that's happening with the unions. It's the same thing that's happening with minimum wage.
Unions should be completely voluntary. Nobody should be compelled to join one. Nobody should be forced to pay union dues. And if you are, by the way, if you are forced to pay union dues, you can find out, you can ask, you can demand that they tell you how much money is going for collective bargaining and how much money is going to political campaigns and advocacy. And then you can tell them, because they'll give you the percentage, 45, 50%, and you can say, well, I don't want to contribute to the political advocacy and campaigns, just to collective bargaining, and they have to reduce your union dues by that amount of money, by that percent. I, uh, I think it would make sense to do just that. Just... It's just crazy that uh, that they're forcing them to pay so much for labor, so much more than the labor is actually worth. And when when you uh, get right down to it, there's a story in Newsweek about the price of automobiles. Here's the headline. This is from Newsweek. This isn't from some right-wing publication. It's Newsweek. Americans can no longer afford their cars. Uh, For decades, car ownership has been a trademark of the American lifestyle, with rampant vehicles becoming symbols of freedom, independence, and even rebellion as well as a necessity. But in 2024, the country's legendary love story with the automobile appears to have reached a crucial point of potential no return as cars have become unaffordable to millions Uh, Talking about new and used cars, the prices keep going up. And you know who's responsible for that? The government. They, They keep taking away choice and making you pay for things that maybe you don't want to pay for. Well, they have to. Because? You're You're too too stupid. stupid. So you you got this rickety car that's not dependable. Uh, The brakes are failing. Uh, you want to buy something new, and you think, if I could just get a car with uh, disc brakes, power steering, air conditioning. No, nope. uh, no, sorry. Can't have one of those. B- but it would be dependable, and uh, it would be safer have, than the uh, vehicle. Yeah, it pollutes climate uh, change. I mean, that's I what need, we have to worry about. And I have to have ABS and a high center-mounted taillight, and I have to have all the other computer guidance. Uh, uh-huh. But that makes it so unaffordable, I can't buy the car. Yeah, well, you know, some things have to be sacrificed to save the planet. So I'll have to drive the undependable older car Uh because I'm too stupid to... Yeah, pretty much. I see. I'm here to help. I appreciate that. Uh Uh-huh. Government, uh, you're (laughs) you're right there, right where I need you, just when I need you. Yeah, uh, so the last thing the auto industry needed... On top of all the regulations and losing all of those, uh, you know, choices they could be offering was to have to sign this labor deal with the unions. Interesting. And then how the government is here to help. Woo. Please don't help me anymore. Don't think I can take it. You're listening to The Gary Nolan Show, and uh, when we come back, a little Rand Paul Fauci interchange. This is The Gary Nolan Show.
It's 1035. I had a uh, an exchange with uh, a listener about uh, marijuana and the war on drugs based on a Wall Street Journal op-ed or, or, or story, whatever. And uh, I'm going to share that with you. Uh, and and let me let me just, before I get to that, uh, because we're going to do a little Rand Paul audio here. Before I get to this uh, discussion I had with this uh, listener on uh, the war on drugs, understand that I don't blame people for believing in the war on drugs. Because I can remember hearing about these horrible drug deals and drug dealers and drug users going all the way back to at least junior high school. So, and if you're younger than me, you heard it from, from the time you were born. It's just brainwashed over and over and over again. And they paint this picture of drug dealers and drug users. And uh, so I don't, I don't blame people for not getting it. It took me a long time to understand the futility of the war on drugs. Which, by the way, is now in excess of, are you ready for this? A trillion dollars. And we have the same ratio, the same percentage of the country using drugs today as we did in 1968. It hasn't changed. A lot of innocent people have been killed. But it, it hasn't changed. So I, I will go over some of the uh, points that we, we exchanged in emails. Nice guy who I think wants what is best for the country, but doesn't or didn't quite get it. Um, but we'll get into that in, in just a few minutes. Rand Paul has been able to see through phony Fauci pretty much right from the get-go. And phony Fauci has, I would argue, lied and is responsible in large part for the whole China flu deal. I don't think this would exist, the China flu, COVID-19, whatever you want to call it, I don't think it would exist if we hadn't helped create it. If you hadn't helped create it, you you paid for it. They, they took money out of your paycheck and they sent it to Communist China, one of our trusted allies, to work on a gain of function to increase the lethality of a virus. They forced you to do it, but, but you did it. So Rand Paul, who's been able to see through this right from the get-go... Wait until you hear the exchange here, because there's a part of this where they redefine gain of function in order to protect the National Institute of, of uh, Health and uh, the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease. And the timing of it was incredibly frustrating. If you haven't heard this exchange, listen to this, because Rand Paul nails it. Here's Rand Paul. Well, I don't expect you today to admit that you approved of NIH funding for gain-of-function research in Wuhan, but your repeated denials have worn thin, and a majority of Americans, frankly, don't believe you. 
Even the NIH now admits that EcoHealth Alliance did perform experiments in Wuhan that created viruses not found in nature that actually did gain in lethality. The facts are clear. The NIH did fund gain-of-function research in Wuhan despite your protestations. You can deny it all you want, but even the Chinese authors of the paper, in their paper, admit that viruses not found in nature were created, and yes, they gained in infectivity. Your persistent denials, though, are not simply a stain on your reputation, but are a clear and present danger to the country and to the world. As Professor Kevin Esfeldt of MIT has written, gain-of-function research looks like a gamble that civilization can't afford to risk. And yet here we are again with you steadfast in your denials. Why does it matter? Because gain-of-function research with laboratory-created viruses not found in nature could cause a pandemic even worse the next time. We're suffering today from one that has a mortality of approximately 1%. They're experimenting with viruses that have mortalities of between 15 and 50%. Yes, our civilization could be at risk from one of these viruses. Experiments that combine unknown viruses with known pandemic-causing viruses are incredibly risky. Experiments that combine unknown viruses with coronaviruses that have as much as 50% mortality could endanger civilization as we know it. And here you sit, unwilling to accept any responsibility for the current pandemic and unwilling to take any steps to prevent gain-of-function research from possibly unleashing an even more deadly virus. You mislead the public by saying that the published viruses could not be COVID. Well, exactly no one is alleging that. No one is alleging that the published viruses by the Chinese are COVID. What we are saying is that this was risky type of research, gain-of-function research. It was risky to share this with the, Ch with the Chinese and that COVID may have been created from a not-yet-revealed virus. We don't anticipate the Chinese are going to reveal the virus if it came from their lab. You know that, but you continue to mislead. You continue to support NIH money going to Wuhan. You continue to say you trust the Chinese scientist. You appear to have learned nothing from this pandemic. Will you today finally take some responsibility for funding gain-of-function research in Wuhan? Senator, with all due respect, I disagree with so many of the things that you've said. Gain, first of all, gain-of-function is a very nebulous term. We have spent not us, but outside bodies, a considerable amount of effort to give a more precise definition to the type of research that is of concern that might lead to a dangerous situation. You are aware of that. That is called P3CO. We're aware that you deleted gain of function okay. from the NIH well, website. Well, I can get back to that in a moment if we have time. But let's get back to the operating framework and guide rails of which we operate under. And you have ignored them. The guidelines are very, very clear that you have to be dealing with a pathogen that clearly is shown and very likely to be highly transmissible in an uncontrollable way in humans and to have a high degree of morbidity and mortality and that you do experiments to enhance that, hence the word EPPP, -P -P, enhanced 
pathogens of potemic, potemic So when EcoHealth Alliance took the yeah. virus, well, SHC-014 and combined it with WIV-1 and caused a recombinant virus that doesn't exist in nature, and it made mice sicker, mice that had humanized cells, you're saying that that's not gain-of-function research? According to the framework and guidelines... So what you're doing P3. is defining away gain-of-function. No. You're simply saying it doesn't exist because you changed the definition on the NIH website. This is terrible, and you're, you're completely trying to escape right. the idea that we should do something about trying to prevent a pandemic from leaking from a lab. There's, the preponderance of evidence now points towards this coming from the lab, and what you've done is changed the definition right. on your website to try to cover your ass, basically. That's what you've done. You've changed the website right. to try to have a new definition that doesn't include the risky research that's going on. Until you admit that it's risky, we're not going to get anywhere. You have to admit that this research was risky. The NIH has now rebuked them. Your own agency has rebuked them. But That's, the thing is, is you're still unwilling to admit that they gained in function when they say they became sicker. They gained in right. lethality. It's a right. new virus. That's not gain of function? According to the definition that is currently <laughs> operable, you know, Senator, the new let's one. make it clear for the people who are listening. The current definition was done over a two to three year period by outside bodies, including the NSABB, Two conferences by the National Academy of Science, Engineering, and Medicine on December 2014, March 2016. We commissioned external risk-benefit assessment, and then on January of 2017, the Office of Science and Technology Policy of the White House issued the current policy. And coincidentally, I, I have coincidentally not the definition any appeared definition. on the same day the NIH said that yes, there was a gain of function in Wuhan, the same day the definition appeared, the new definition, to try to define away what's going on in Wuhan. Until you accept it, until you expect, accept responsibility. All right, um, so there it is. <clears throat> and coincidentally, the definition appeared on the same day that the National Institute of Health said that yes, there was a gain of function in Wuhan. The same day the new definition appeared. Just a coincidence. Do you think? Yeah, that's all it is. Yeah, just it just Put happened. Put your tinfoil hat to the side for a minute. <laughs> and, <laughs> and grab your mask. Yes. <laughs> and take the vaccine. Right. Oh, man. And eat in between bites with your mask, if you would, please. Oh, uh, no, I don't have to. We're not in California. <laughs> for those of you who don't know, California's recommendation was if you go into a restaurant, wear your mask at the table, and then every time you want to take a bite of food, lift the mask up. Put the food in your mouth and then bring the mask back down. And you'll be perfectly safe. Yes. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> and these are the people that we're listening to, right? Yeah. There are the experts, you understand. Oh, Lord. Uh, all right. Uh, we've got uh, some funny uh, Willis uh, updates here. We'll, uh, we'll kind of kick that around just a little bit. Barbara Streisand is in the news. Struggling Barbara Streisand. Well, we'll share that with you in just a few minutes on the Gary Nolan Show. It's the Zimmer Radio Network. 1051, glad to have you with us. Uh, the uh, Congress plans to hold off government shutdown uh, until March. Uh, we'll give you some details on uh, what those plans entail. In the meantime, the New York Post has discovered that Barbara Streisand uh, took uh, that uh, paycheck protection money uh, and she used it to pay her gardener 
a guest to take care of her yard. Uh, she's got a, a $20 million estate, and she took this money that was designed to keep the employees of her company paid and used it to pay her gardener? Well, you know, in her defense, he, he, they are an employee, right? And they had to keep well. Not they were not a not an employee of the films uh, of the company's staff. Uh, Oh, this is her private home. You know, details, details. Gee, it's hard to understand how that made sense to do. Barbara Streisand's Barwood Films took two hundred thousand dollars in COVID relief cash. And used it to pay her gardener. Wow. (laughs) (laughs) Who paid your gardener, Brian? I didn't get any PPP money. No? Of course, I don't live in a $20 million Malibu mansion either. But if I did, then I'd ask for Uh, COVID relief funds. You'd need it, yeah. Yes. Uh, Instead of funding, uh, instead of the funds... Going to support the film company staff, some of the cash went to pay the Funny Girl star's personal gardener at her Malibu home. Whew. Um, how nice is that, that we could have, uh, you know, gardeners uh, paid for by our neighbors? That would be just, you know, so, so very nice. i been paying you know, for my yard work out of my own paycheck. Uh, and then, and, and only then uh, when Gwen can't mow the lawn. <laughs> she sometimes, uh, you know, can't, can't, can't do that. All right. Uh, it is 54 minutes after 10 o'clock, just uh, about seven minutes until 11 a.m. And we're glad to have you with us. Fulton County, Georgia District Attorney Fonnie Willis and I'm willing to bet dollars to donuts that they meant to they meant to pronounce that Fanny Willis, but misspelled it. I always thought it was. No, it's Fanny. Fanny That's how they're huh? they're pronouncing it, Fanny. Fanny. No, no, I, I don't think so. But anyway, uh, she defended her decision uh, to hire the special prosecutor, her boyfriend, who was married. Um. She talked uh, Sunday morning in a, a speech uh, that, that uh, she had every right to do this. This guy, by the way, uh, apparently spent a couple of days before any charges were filed at the White House, but they're not coordinating. They're not co- The prosecutor from Georgia frequently goes to the White House and talks with the president. I'm sure this was, you know, perfectly normal. Uh, one of the defendants in the case uh, alleged uh, in a court filing that Wade and Willis had been in a continuing romantic relationship since before Willis hired Wade and that both of them had benefited financially from the arrangement. The filing also alleged that Wade didn't have the proper experience for the job. Willis said, this was her response uh, to the allegations. uh, She was uh, speaking at uh, Atlanta's uh, Big Bethel uh, Church, attributing criticisms against Wade to racial bias. Racial bias, because they're both black, had nothing to do with the fact that she was dating a married man. No, not, not at all. Um, 
and that they used some of that money to take expensive vacations. No, 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 no. The reason people are upset is because of the amount of melanin in their skin. It I, sounds like the Claudine Gay defense. Does it? You know, just like that. Uh, it has nothing to do with no. you know, me plagiarizing something. It's, it's, it's about just the color all, of my skin. It's all racial. That's what it is. Yeah. It's amazing how you can hide behind that if you're yes. a member. I'm going to have to check with uh, <laughs> Kevin Jackson on Thursday to find out if, if uh, he hides behind that. She's, what, what's really amusing about this is that she's speaking in a church. This is a woman who, um, well, was dating a married man, and she's, you know, in church. Like, I don't know, there's something incongruous about this. I, I just... Uh, I don't know. I, I'm just, it's, it's ridiculous. This woman should be fired. Probably should be arrested for fraud. In fact, I wonder if they couldn't use the same racketeering charges against her she's using against Trump. Wade is inexperienced in high-level prosecution. Uh, his resume wouldn't make him qualified to serve as a court-appointed defense lawyer in the Trump case. She, uh, this uh, the defendant said uh, she had no racial motivation in filing the motion to disqualify Wade uh, from the uh, racketeering and RICO case. Absolutely nothing to do with the color of anyone's skin. See, but you can't believe that because she's pointing out that the prosecutor uh, operated illegally. And, and you can't do that because she's black. You have to treat her differently. Willis on Sunday said Wade was a lawyer of impeccable credentials, referring to uh, work experience uh, Wade had touted in the past. He's worked as a judge, private practice attorney, prosecutor, and criminal defense lawyer. Yeah. Fact is, you paid him with taxpayer money, an exorbitant amount of money, and then you use that money to take expensive vacations and you want us to believe that this was all above board. Not just an opportunity to bring your boyfriend in. Not just an opportunity to spend some intimate time with your boyfriend. No, no, this was strictly business. Uh, and it, except for the vacation thing. That, that had nothing to do with it. Uh, how gullible do they think we are? All right, you're listening to The Gary Nolan Show. Final hour coming up. We'll be on in Jeff City on KWOS. We welcome you on The Gary Nolan Show. This is The Gary Nolan Show.